Welcome, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Law of Self-Defense. Thank you for joining us. I apologize for being uh, six and a half minutes late getting started at the kind of adjust the schedule today for the broadcast uh, for the, I hope, perfectly good reason. That my wedding anniversary, 13 years married to Miss Emily. Uh, she's very excited. Most of you will know this is my second marriage. And uh, Emily's very excited about this anniversary because finally, the duration of this second marriage, the good marriage, exceeds the duration of my bad first marriage. So, a win for Miss Emily, I would like to think. Let's make sure everything is streaming the way it's supposed to be. Um, so very exciting for her. I had not forgotten the anniversary. I've made dinner reservations. I've arranged for flowers, all that stuff. But I, I momentarily forgot about it when I made the schedule for today's show yesterday. So I had to scramble a bit to change things up. Uh, so the original plan was to do breakdowns, use of force breakdowns of four different videos. We're still going to cover those four videos. In fact, I've added a fifth video. So we'll be doing five videos um, originally yesterday, my plan was to do them all as members only shows. Uh, that's part of the change. So I don't like to do the uh, the actual shooting lethal use of force videos on social media because I get demonetized. So it's pointless. Um, but as it happens, we do have one of these videos that is not a deadly force video. It's simply two guys throwing punches at each other. Uh, so that one will do first as a public streamed video. So it'll be going out to YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, and of course, to our Law Self-Defense members. After that first one, the next four are all lethal encounters, deadly force encounters. So those will be only for Law Self-Defense members. We'll cut off the stream to YouTube, Twitter, and Rumble. So if you're on one of the public streams, you'll get the first video breakdown and that's it. The good news is it's very easy to be a Law of Self-Defense member and enjoy all the video breakdowns today because it only takes 99 cents. I expect most of you have 99 cents for a two-week trial at Law of Self-Defense. Two weeks of unlimited access to all our members-only content. Not only get the lethal use of force video breakdowns, um, get uh, the opportunity to ask questions and comments. We only answer those from our members in the Law of Self-Defense member chat, where this, of course, is also being streamed. You get transcripts of every show, for those of you who prefer to read, plus the transcripts are downloadable, so you have a record of what you've learned in the course of these shows. Very important if you ever want to document your specialized knowledge in court. And uh, lots of other benefits as well to being a Law of Self-Defense member. And you get to try it out for 99 cents for two weeks. After the two weeks, it's still dirt cheap to be a Law of Self-Defense member. It's only about 30 cents a day, less than $10 a month. You can try all that out at lawofselfdefense.com slash trial. So to give you an overview of what we'll be covering today. So the first video we'll be covering today is uh, a road rage incident, two men, uh, get into fisticuffs on the side of the road. Not that big a deal. That's the one that's non-lethal force. That's the one we'll be covering with all of you. After that, we'll be shutting down the public streams and going only with Law of Self-Defense members. And we have a number of other shows. We have some uh, police uh, who uh, in Maine who shoot an autistic man 
who's wielding a knife. They were just cleared of criminal charges there, but we'll share the video of that actual shooting with you and talk through the legal dynamics. Uh, We have a shooting here in Colorado where a recently resigned police officer decides to get into a confrontation with some youths he believes are driving too quickly through his neighborhood, and he ends up shooting one of them dead under somewhat unusual circumstances. The youth he shot dead was also wielding a firearm. We'll cover that one. We have a uh, one that just came across my desk yesterday, a woman on a live stream being live streamed by her love interest, I guess, significant other. He's recording her and she shoots him on the live stream. So we'll be covering that one. And then the worst one or the worst, the most interesting, really, from a technical perspective, uh, we have video of uh, a shooting, a police shooting out in California, Fresno, California, uh, where officers shoot a man in the back from quite some distance. Now, the man was in possession of a knife. He had a knife in his hand. Uh, maybe the police have a good reason for why they would shoot a man in the back at distance when it doesn't appear the man with the knife was an imminent threat to anybody else at the moment. They shot him. Uh, but we'll cover some news stories and, of course, the video of that as well. So the first one, the two guys punching it out on the side of the road, road rage, that's for everybody. The others... You need to be a Law of Self-Defense member. Again, you can sign up right now, 99 cents for a trial membership. Get instant access to the entirety of today's show and every other members only content that we do at lawofselfdefense.com slash trial. So with that out of the way, uh, so what I'll do is I'm going to do a little formal launch of today's show, as I usually do. And then before each individual video, I have a little mini launch of that particular video. It'll help our post-production editors cut this up at the end. So here we go with the formal launch of today's show. Bam. All right, folks, welcome back. Welcome back to the Law of Self-Defense Show. I forgot to say at the start, but presumably everybody knows, I am, of course, attorney Andrew Branca for Law of Self-Defense. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Unbelievably kind of all of you. So the first video I'd like to share with you is the the road rage video. Uh, Let me prep the little introduction for that. This is the only one of the five videos we'll be covering today that is public access. So I would encourage you to become a Law of Self-Defense member at lawselfdefense.com slash trial. Right now, open up another tab on your computer. Right now, you can do it. Instantly become a Law of Self-Defense member, 99 cents for two weeks unlimited access, and you'll get to enjoy the entirety of today's show. lawselfdefense.com slash trial. All right, here's the launch for the public video we'll be breaking down today. So, road rage incident on the side of the road, subtitled, What Would Jesus Do? Hope that's not offensive to anybody, but the real subtitle should be something like, how about we use some good judgment? And and maybe good judgment wasn't possible here. Uh, Sometimes you find yourself in a situation where it might seem best to begin using force because it would appear that your efforts not to use force uh, have become futile. 
that either you're going to initiate force or the other person will. Arguably, that's what happens here. Uh, so there's not a lot of complicated use of force law analysis for this video because it never goes lethal. Uh, and the legal standard for the use of non-deadly force uh, is substantially lower than for the use of deadly force. But let me pull up the video and we can watch it together and then discuss. Let's see. Start this here. Uh, now, I believe this is, uh, I don't know, in Eastern Europe or Russia or someplace. Uh, so there, there's no English for us to understand. It's only a couple of minutes long. It starts off on the road. Uh, someone's filming outside. Uh, uh, there's passengers in the car. There's at least a woman in the car here. That's the point of filming. Uh, filming out the back window. There's a car behind them that's quite angry with them. We'll see that car accelerate up, try to pass. Uh, obviously a road rage kind of event. Uh, these people in this car appear to simply be trying to get away. Uh, eventually they're cut off by the aggressive car and things escalate from there. So here we go. There's the aggressive car. You hear the woman talking in the background. Locked him in there. Woman appears to be on the phone. Tries to get around. Nope. Now this dude gets out of the car. Notice the, the drive is on the wrong side of the car. There we go. A third party now from the aggressive car. The driver from the aggressive car doesn't seem to do too well here. Wouldn't surprise me if he was intoxicated. I'm guessing the wife is attempting to get the man to be uh, more rational here. He's obviously angry. I believe the woman in green was uh, the woman inside the car making the call. Скотина. Крутой, блядь, такой олень. 
And that seems like it was a giant Just waste of time for everybody, doesn't it? Yeah. So for any of these encounters, folks, uh, by the way, the colored stuff inside the car here, that brightly colored stuff, I just noticed after the first time, suggests there may be children in the car, right? Which could change the, the dynamic. So let's go back to uh, earlier. See, I don't actually need it to run. There's the aggressive car. It's tailgating you hard. And maybe you did something. Maybe you cut them off. Maybe you did something you didn't even know you did. Maybe you were distracted. Maybe you didn't do anything wrong, but they're drunk and they thought you did something wrong. But in any case, you have an angry car on your tailgate. What are your options here? Your practical options. Uh, I mean, you could try to accelerating away from the car, but of course, that's unlikely to be productive if you stay anywhere within the legal speed limit or even close to it. Um, so that car is going to be staying on your bumper unless it gets in front of you, as ultimately happens here. Uh, you could exit off the road and see if they follow you. If they continue to follow you, if it were me, what I'd be having my wife do is punch in whatever the nearest police station is, and I'd be driving to the police station. Let this guy follow me to the police station if there's anything within close proximity. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to keep driving. I'm not going to speed recklessly, especially if I have other people in the car. Uh, just driving, be patient. Be patient. Often these people get bored. Often they have someone else in the car who's reasoning with them. Hey, let it go. Let it go. We have other things to do. And it just ends without having to get into a fight. What's the mission? The mission is not to fight unless you have to. So any options you have consistent with your own safety that allow you to avoid having to come to blows is the smart play, however inconvenient it might be. Doesn't mean the law necessarily requires you to do that, but what the law requires you to do also creates a lot of legal jeopardy. Remember, the moment you go hands-on in that fight, you've just incurred two risks you were not incurring a moment before. A risk of death. You don't know how that fight's going to go. You don't know what weapons that person might deploy. You don't know who those people are in that car. Maybe they're lawless drug dealers who are happy to kill you for offending them, for disrespecting them in their eyes. Maybe, there's, maybe the car is full of aggressive fighters, and now you're one dude against many. That's not going to end well. Is your wife supposed to save you in that scenario? Maybe you have people in the car you have a duty to protect. If you become debilitated because you're getting beat up by two or three guys, who's protecting your wife and kids in the car? Now, this appears to be obviously a foreign country. We hear a foreign language being spoken. Most foreign countries, these people would not lawfully have a a gun in the vehicle with them. In America, you might. But you don't want to be deploying that gun unless you have to, right? Unless it's necessary. Because then once you deploy the gun, once it becomes a deadly force confrontation, first of all, they may have guns too. We'll see that in one of the later videos we do where there's a essentially a road rage event and turns out both people had guns and gunshots are exchanged and a person's killed. And now the person who did the killing is charged with murder. Uh, probably rightfully so. So once deadly force becomes involved, you may kill someone. It may be an unlawful killing. And then you're not lo looking only at the risk of death in the fight, but the risk of even if you win the fight, spending the rest of your life in prison. So those are the two risks you've just incurred. Greater than zero risk of death, greater than zero risk of going to prison for the rest of your life. What's worth that? Some things are, right? Uh, the risk of dying is worth 
incurring those risks, the threat of dying, uh, the threat of having anyone you have a duty to protect, wife, children, being killed or maimed, that, that's worth those risks. But once you get past that, there, there's not a lot, right? Is ego because you were insulted or offended? Is that worth the risk of dying and going to prison for the rest of your life? Maybe. I can't tell you where to draw that line. You have to draw that line for yourself. But I would encourage you to think about it before you're in the fight. So you're, you're making well-considered, prudent decisions, not decisions based on emotion. Because how do these kinds of things happen, typically? It's a combination of two factors, right? It's not cool dispassionate judgment. That's not what's happening here. It's ego and typically alcohol or more esoteric drugs. Cocaine is commonly associated with violent conduct, for example, but most commonly ego and alcohol. And of course, they, those reinforce each other, right? Encourage, each encourages the other to spin up out of control. So hopefully you're not the person being motivated by ego and alcohol because that does not tend to lend to better decision-making. In fact, um, one of the videos of the other road rage incidents that I, I just mentioned, we'll talk about, uh, the person who did the actual shooting turns out to have been drunk, driving drunk. Uh, and that complicates any justification for self-defense tremendously. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that video. So the pursuit continues, the pursuit continues. Uh, the, it looks like the wife is on the phone in the car, the woman in the green shirt, which is good, should be on the phone to the police. Uh, so there's a record of what's happening. That's always helpful for the defender. This guy's obviously driving recklessly. Um, what if he starts hitting your car with his? Right? What if he tries to do something like a, a pit maneuver on you? Well, at, at, at any meaningful speed, that's clearly a threat of death or serious bodily injury. That would be a deadly force event. So how do you counter it here? Are you going to start shooting out the window of your car? I mean, maybe. I guess you could. But it's something to think about beforehand. Look at all those cars behind this dude. If you miss his car, who are you hitting? All those innocent people back there on the roadway. That's not good. Uh, looks like he has a dash cam. That's going to be helpful, too, uh, in a number of ways. Wife is on the phone. This car breaks. Cuts him off. And then the driver gets out of the car, the driver of the other vehicle, this dude, Mr. Aquashirt. Very helpful for the defense here uh, that this dude is now obviously the initial physical aggressor. Arguably, he was with his car. But if he had stayed in his car, there would have been no fistfight, right? I've had this happen to me. I've been pursued like this. I've had a car jump in front of me and cut me off. But they never got out of their car. I never got out of my car. And after a couple minutes, they got bored. I guess they felt they made their point and they drove away. Which was good because at the time I was in college, I was not the dispassionate reasoning adult male you see here today. <laughs> I was much more inclined uh, to, uh, to come to blows in my younger, higher testosterone years, I suppose. Uh, but nothing came of it, fortunately. This guy could have stayed in his car, but of course he chose not to. And now he's become an eminent physical aggressor, the initial physical aggressor, especially when he comes up to the door and it appears goes to open the door. Now, of course, in America, we have a lot of special rules 
about someone unlawfully and forcefully entering your vehicle. And in, in many states, your vehicle, your occupied vehicle is treated as highly defensible property, much like your home. And if someone attempts to make an unlawful forcible entry into your occupied vehicle, it's like they're making an unlawful forcible entry into your home. And it triggers a legal presumption that you have a reasonable perception of an imminent threat of deadly force harm. That gives you three of the five elements you need to justify deadly force and self-defense. It gives you reasonableness, eminence, proportionality, the deadly force harm. The fact that they're advancing into your vehicle really gives you innocence. It's kind of baked into the cape, although it's not explicit in these legal presumptions. And of course, in this circumstances, there is no avoidance. I mean, they've blocked your vehicle, and the only way out for you would be to go towards the threat, which of course is what happens here. Um, so this person in America trying to br breach this vehicle would be at, at very high risk of being justifiably shot dead right there. Presumably this driver, the defender, uh, didn't uh, didn't have a gun, doesn't have the benefit of those kinds of rules. So when this dude tries to get into his car, he goes on the offensive himself. I guess we'd say the defensive, right? Uh, but there there is a point at which you can move into the fight. if the fight coming at you is already imminent. You, you don't have to just lay there as a helpless victim. When the blows are imminent, when the fist is pulled back, when the attempted entry is taking place, when the hand is reaching for the gun, you don't have to wait to get punched or invaded or shot before you can defend yourself. You're allowed to defend yourself against the imminent threat. And the initial aggressor is not just the person who throws the first punch. It's the person who throws or threatens to throw the first punch. Clearly, Aquaman here, his conduct is the initially threatening conduct. So the defender is allowed to initiate his own use of force in response to that imminent threat. And of course, it comes to blows here. He's uh, throwing punches. Aquaman appears to, uh, he's a large guy, much larger than, uh, than the defender, but mostly appears to be fat. Uh, and his his uh, ineptness at exchanging blows uh, suggests to me that he uh, he thinks he's tough because he's fat, but maybe he's just drunk. He, he's clearly clearly the less capable um, brawler here. Gets knocked down repeatedly. Again, there stupidly gets back up. Not a good plan. Now, by the way. For the defensive driver, we know that fists are exchanged. No one suffers personal injury. This is a what I would classify as a traditional fist fight, really. Two, two people of similar size, strength, and fighting ability exchanging blows, barehanded blows. The courts invariably look at this as a non-deadly force fight. So one in which neither party would be privileged to escalate to deadly force and claim that was legally justified. So neither party here could go to a knife, go to a gun, justify that. Currently, where the two men are, again, similar strength, size, fighting, ability. There would need to be some kind of aggravating factor. Now, could you argue an aggravating factor? Could the defender here? Maybe. I mean, another person gets out of the aggressor's car. Could he argue, well, I, I saw that as a, a second aggressor coming into the fight against me. So now there's a disparity of numbers. Or he could argue, hey, that other dude outweighed me by, I don't know, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, that's a disparity of size and strength. Or um, 
or I, I, I suffered some kind of de debilitating injury during the course of the attack. He got my eye with a lucky punch and it, it, it swelled up. And now I was blind in one eye, no longer able to uh, detect blows coming in from that direction. Maybe, maybe you, but you need some kind of aggravating, aggravating factor or um, I'm on blood thinners. So I'm unusually susceptible to deadly force injury from, from a simple punch. What would otherwise be a simple punch, something along those lines. But right now, just looking at this, it looks to me and a court would view it as merely a non-deadly force attack, meaning only non-deadly force and self-defense meaning punch for punch is fine. Two men of similar size, strength and fighting ability would pepper spray be permissible? Sure. In fact, I would be going to pepper spray before I'd be doing this. Uh, exchanging blows, punches is about the last thing I would do uh, at, at, at this stage in my life, especially now that I'm training in uh, jujitsu. Uh, I'd be going to the ground with this fat dude. I mean, how easy is it for him to get up off the ground? Can't be that easy. Can't be that hard to keep him down in a, in a controlled uh, position. Um. Taser, if you had a taser, would that be a justified use of force? I mean, I, I don't really recommend tasers for civilian self-defense. I think they fail at too high a percentage for a lone defender to, to rely on it. But as, in terms of the intensity of defensive force, sure, that would be permissible uh, as well. Uh, but of course, this guy defending, he doesn't know if Aquaman's going to come out with a knife or come out with a gun. Or the friend's going to come out with a bat. I mean, you you can't predict these things. So you're putting yourself into an unpredictable scenario. I'm, I'm not saying he was unjustified here. I'm not saying I wouldn't have gotten out of the car here. Um, but you have to realize that when you get out of the car, that's what you're doing. And make sure that these stakes are worth the risks. Loses his shirt there. And now he's punching, 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 lots of punching. And uh, he doesn't want to stop punching. I get it. I'd be pissed, too, that I was compelled to engage in this ridiculous behavior. Necessary. But the last thing in the world I want to do. Uh, but I would caution that at some point the punching becomes so sustained that it may be inflicting death or serious bodily injury against the initial aggressor. Now you may have unlawfully started a second fight. You may have been the lawful defender in the first confrontation, but now because you've effectively escalated to a deadly force confrontation, your blows, maybe this guy's unconscious now, maybe Aquaman is unconscious and he's still being beaten. If that's the case, is that now a deadly force attack? Have you escalated what was a non-deadly force fight where you were the innocent defender to a deadly force fight in which you're the deadly force aggressor? So you have to be careful. You can't just keep beating someone because you're pissed, no matter how much you might like to. You can keep using force as long as you're using that force to stop an apparent, reasonably perceived imminent threat. Non-deadly force to stop an imminent non-deadly force threat. You can keep punching as long as you need to do that. But once that reasonably perceived non-deadly force threat is no longer imminent, once it's been neutralized, your privilege to continue raining down blows has ended. And if you continue using force after that, it's excessive force, it's disproportional, it's unlawful, even if you were lawful when you started out. So calms down a little bit. And uh, Aquaman is really struggling to get off the ground here. Good thing. Everybody gets in their cars and drives away. So this is how the courts see traditional fistfights. They should end like this. 
there's a few abrasions, there's a little contusion, there's some embarrassment by whoever lost the fight, but nobody suffered death or serious bodily injury. That's what the courts normally see in fistfights. That's what they expect to see in a fistfight. Now, are there cases in which a single punch can kill someone? Yes, of course that happens. We've all seen the knockout game videos. Someone gets punched once, gets knocked unconscious, falls over, hits their head on the curb, they're dead. It happens. And the courts see those too. But they see them so rarely in terms of the total number of traditional fistfights they see, they are not going to default absent aggravating factors of the kind we discussed to viewing a traditional fistfight as a deadly force fight. If they did, what that would mean is that every traditional fistfight like this one, either party could justifiably escalate to deadly force, to a knife, to a gun, to a bat. And the courts don't want to presume that that escalation is permissible when they know that most fistfights are going to end like this. Really no big deal. Now, I know many of us uh, carry guns, carry knives. Uh, we'd, we don't want to get into a fistfight. We'd rather go to our more powerful defensive tools. Just remember, proportionality is a real thing. It is an element, a required element of self-defense. And before you can go to deadly force and self-defense, you either need to be facing a deadly force threat or meet some other provision of the law that allows for the use of deadly defensive force. In Florida, for example, if you're facing a forcible felony, that's an independent justification for the use of deadly defensive force. All right, I think that's all I have to say about that one. Let me take a look at the uh, any questions or comments from the Law of Self-Defense members uh, before we, we end the public stream. So this is the only video of the five we're breaking down in today's show that's going to be publicly streamed on Twitter, Rumble, and YouTube. Uh, in a few moments, we're going to be cutting off those streams and the rest of the show will continue. The next four use of force videos, the lethal ones, will only be for Law of Self-Defense members. Become a Law of Self-Defense member, folks. 99 cents. LawofSelfDefense.com slash trial. Open up another tab on your browser. Do it right now. You'll be emailed directions to join our live stream and enjoy the rest of the show and get your questions and comments answered as well. So thanks. Thanks, everyone, for the uh, happy anniversary um, mentions. I really appreciate it. It's a happy day indeed. I had a terrible first marriage, but the second one has been pure bliss. Pure bliss. 13th year, though. Unlucky number, right? Who knows what will happen? I expect I expect only good things. Yeah, Law Self-Defense member Zach says, because of Palmetto State Armory, I barely have 99 cents. Yeah, Palmetto State Armory got me again. I ordered from them again. I, I couldn't. I, they got some Labor Day sales, folks, that check them out. There's no excuse for any law-abiding, mentally sound American citizen to not have an AR and a 9mm pistol in their home, assuming it's legal in your jurisdiction, um, given how cost-effective Palmetto State Armory makes it. I wish they had an affiliate program. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so uh, Jeffrey says, uh, never get out of the car unless you have to for safety. Um, it becomes a close call at this point, uh, but I, because I would have a gun on my person, I'm not, I'm not inclined to get out of the car at all. Uh, that person has to breach the car. And if they breach the car, violently breach the car, smash the window, 
um, it's probably going to get loud and flashy at that point. Uh, but I'm going to compel them to do that. I think would be the most common scenario for me personally. Uh, Law self-defense member Chuck says, one of the hardest things to get people to understand is that lots of the people who might victimize them have an entirely different life experience. As the late Dr. April said, uh, they are not like you. Yeah. So William April was a friend of mine, um, passed a few years ago, tragically. Uh, I believe his formal title job description was psychologist, but he did a lot of studies of the criminal mind. Um, and he would point out to law-abiding people that these criminals, they, they don't think the way you do. A lot of people are victims of violent crime and they don't understand why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? Why is this person doing this to me? Why can't we just all live peacefully? Well, the, the person who's assaulting you, beating you, raping you, they have their reasons. They're not, they're not reasonless. They're not acting randomly. They have their reasons for what they're doing. They're just, they're not the kind of reasons that a, a, a law-abiding mind readily comprehends difficult for us to understand. Uh, so I, I would encourage you and Dr. April William would have encouraged you to, uh, don't worry about why they're doing what they're doing. It doesn't matter. Just respond to what they're doing or threatening to do and forget, forget the reasons why a lot of law abiding people, when it comes to a real life, critical self-defense situation, get enmeshed, entangled in the reasons, forget the reasons. The reasons don't matter. The only thing that matters is the threat and how you respond to the threat, neutralize the threat consistent with your safety and the law. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have low T. You'd have to ask the wife, but I think she would agree that I don't. Uh, law self-defense member Jeffrey asks, do the courts charge both sides in simple fistfights with assault? Is it rare? <clears throat> you know, it's really up to the responding officers. I mean, it's not the courts. The courts are involved only later, right? If, if the people have been charged. Um, a lot of times, if the cops think they can just get everyone to go home and it doesn't have to be a bigger event than that, they'll let it go. If it appears to be a mutual combat type of situation. Uh, if it's a real, you know, aggressor victim beating, uh, then the cops are likely to charge the person they agree to be, they believe to be the aggressor. If it's mutual combat and there's no serious injuries, no weapons involved, I mean, much of the time they'll they'll just separate the parties and, and send them on their way. If if the fight was creating a substantial public disturbance, it's at a, I don't know, family fair or something, uh, then the cops would be a lot more likely to uh, cuff them up. If the people are super drunk and maybe driving home, they may be a lot more likely to cuff them up. Now, can they just charge them? Sure. They could charge each of them with assault. I mean, the, the, the legal defense then would essentially be mutual combat. Um, you can argue in, in the state of Washington, it's an explicit defense that, uh, well, I wasn't committing a crime because the other party um, consented to my fists in their face because I was consent consenting to their fists in my face. It was mutual combat, not as a, uh, a, a criminal act, but as a consensual conduct. So it's not criminal. That's an actual legal defense in the state of Washington. Less, less easy to argue that defense in other states, but why not? Uh, and the courts are less likely to treat it as a genuinely serious offense. If there's no serious injuries, you weren't a risk to other people, no weapons were involved. 
things along those lines. But it's a judgment call largely by the officers who come on the scene. Uh, let's see. All right. So those uh, are all the current current questions and comments from. Um, well, here's one from Lou says, please read Straight Talk and Armed Defense. I guess it's a book edited by Masayub. Masayub, of course, is uh, uh, is the guy who got me into self-defense law. So I took Masayub's what he then called his Lethal Force One course, Lethal Force Institute One course uh, back in, I think, 1996. Uh, a 40-hour course of instruction, half of it range time, half of it classroom time, L- much of the classroom time focused on the laws around the use of force and self-defense. And it blew my mind because I had, I was already a lawyer, three years of law school, passed the bar, practicing law. They taught us almost none of that in law school. And so it was a genuinely eye-opening experience for me and ultimately led to my focusing my entire legal practice on use of force law. So I stand on the shoulders of giants like Mas Ayub when it comes to my career. Big fan. And of course, Mas, I should mention, uh, wrote the foreword for my book, Law of Self-Defense Principles. Which, by the way, you can get. You can get for free. So, law self defense principles. You can check out our law self defense books on Amazon. You'll see over fifteen hundred reviews, I believe, five star rated. But don't buy the book on Amazon. They'll charge you twenty five dollars for the book plus shipping and handling. We'll give you the book for free. We only ask that you cover the cost of shipping and handling. You can get this at lawselfdefense.com slash free book. With the forward by Mas Ayub. Uh, but but Lou is recommending Straight Talk and Armed Defense by Mas Ayub. I'm sure it's excellent. And he says it's got, it looks like it's a, it must be a collection of chapters written by different authors, one of which is by uh, Dr. William April. Anything Dr. William April has ever written, any shows he's ever done, obviously before his passing, uh, is well worth consuming. Very, very smart guy. Uh, and we, I mean, I miss him personally, and the community misses him uh, generally, tremendously. Uh, all right. So, folks, that that was the one interview that we're doing live for everyone. Streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Twitter. But that was the only one of the five. That's for everyone. The next four use of force videos, the lethal ones are for law self-defense members. So we're going to cut off the public streams, continue only with the law self-defense member stream. If you're a law self-defense member watching on the member dashboard, don't go anywhere. We're staying here. Uh, If you're on Rumble, Twitter, or YouTube, your broadcast will end. Unless you switch over to the member stream, which you can do by becoming a law self-defense member right now, instantly at lawselfdefense.com slash trial for 99 cents, folks. As one of our commenters said, it's about seven cents a day. If this stuff isn't worth seven cents a day, I don't know why you're here. But that's the opportunity, lawofselfdefense.com slash trial. And with that, YouTube, it's been fun. I wish you all a great day. And Twitter, the same. Thank you for being here. Please be safe. And Rumble. Thanks to all of you as well, and I'll see you soon. Take care.